Steve, happy Blue White Week. Week, yes, to you and yours. Happy Blue White Week. That's a thing. That's great. It's a great time for you because it's getting toward the end of the school year. Things are a little less hectic or probably more hectic. I don't know. Um, but the weather, apparently, how many feet of snow do you have right now? It's all melted now. It was exciting for, for, for like 20 hours. Well, not even 20, six hours or so, right? And that was it. So it's all gone. We did not get a lick of snow, snow down here, but I, I saw it. the entire state of Pennsylvania was abuzz with feet of snow, multiple, multiple feet of snow, apparently. Um, anyways, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve almost forgot his own name there. Uh, Steve, we've got a, a myriad of things to discuss today. What a, what a big word that was, but it's all related primarily to football. Um, which is a good thing. It's always great when we get to talk about football. Uh, we're going to talk about everyone's new favorite football league, the USFL. Um, then we're going to talk about the Joe Paterno documentary thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then we're going to talk about Blue White Weekend. And then we're not going to talk about football anymore. We're going to talk about food. An old guy, young guy. Are you it ready? With football? Yeah, okay, I guess so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, that's a good point. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. I'm ready. Uh, Steve, did you watch any of the USFL this weekend? I watched a little bit of the end of the very the Friday, Saturday night game, okay. like the like just as it ended. Okay. Um, I did not watch on the weekend because we were out of town, but I did watch last evening. Um, I watched the my my Pittsburgh Maulers take on the Tampa Bay. They're like the Cowboys or something. I don't even know what the... I think they're the they're Bandits, called. right? If they're the, bandits, if they're still the old right, name of the right. Bandits, yeah. Um, I don't know my USFL team, so I'm so sorry. Um, overall, um, I have to say I'm not impressed, and I'm usually somebody that loves these leagues. This one just feels really bad. Like, I don't know if there's... Because there's no atmosphere in the stands. I don't know if it's just the talent. I just... like. I think everybody's hesitation with this was like, nobody wanted this. Nobody asked for this. Nobody really like felt the need for this. It's just another time of the year to fill, fulfill in football. And yet we still got it and we're still going to get it again with the XFL. But to me, I think it's just, there's something about it being in one location and yet like the Pittsburgh Maulers, the Tampa Bay Bandits, the New Orleans Breakers, like, it just feels forced to me. I think, you know, with the AAF, there were at least the teams played in the city that they represented. Um, same thing with the XFL. This one just feels like we're just trying to put a football league together and so that you have football to watch. And I'll be honest, even if baseball isn't that appealing to me right now, this is a good sports time. You've got the NHL heating up. You've got the NBA playoffs going on right now. Like there's plenty of other sports and other things going on to kind of occupy your brain. I don't know. I was not impressed by it. No, as good as the first USFL was with great talent on the rosters, a decent model um, until it would, the, the finances, people got greedy, the financials blew up as good as it was. And and what it led to, I mean, you know, the people that were in that league and played, that's how bad this one feels. Like it, it's, it's, 
it's studio wrestling. It's, it's bowling mm-hmm. for dollars. It's, you can't have them not in their towns. And I appreciate how much more expensive that makes it, but it is just TV programming. You know, each team's rosters, I forget what the number is, like $1.7 million in the whole season is what the team salaries are. And if you keep them all in one location, that makes it a lot cheaper and there's no travel. I guess they're paying half of their hotel bills for the guys. It just, yeah, there's no fan stuff. There's no, there's no rivalries. There's, it's just, it's just fake. Right. And, and as much, as much power as football has, I don't think football has the power to overcome that. And that's going to be the problem. If, if along with probably talent. I was, I was listening to someone today. I think it was maybe a clip off the Pat McAfee show or one, a, a talking head, not the Pat McAfee's a talking head, but one of those radio type shows. And they, they had a guest on and the whole purpose or the alleged purpose for these leagues is to basically to be a feeder league eventually into the NFL, much, much in the same way the, the minor league baseball system is. But the problem with football is there's already a feeder league, which is college football. And the, this person brought up a great point. Like a lot of people struggle to watch the Mac on a Tuesday night. A lot of people struggle to watch anything that isn't power five football. Some people can't even watch certain power five. Like I, I, hell, I struggle with watching the Pac-12 sometimes. Why would you want to watch football that is fourth and fifth string guys? And I don't know. I, I, I want to be like, yes, I'm supposed because I love. I've always loved like the XFL. I loved the AFL when it was a thing. I would always watch arena league football, but there's, there's just something different about this league. And maybe it's just kind of what we've gone through over the last, however many years, because this is now the third iteration of basically one of these leagues, maybe fourth, if you count that weird spring league that you would occasionally catch when they had absolutely nothing else to show on during COVID. Um, but for me, like, the football was, was terrible. Like it was just not good football. The only thing that is semi-interesting to me is the drone shot. And that's it. The mics were actually getting too, like, I, I don't need to hear that much chatter. I don't need to hear everybody saying every single thing. Also, like, I don't know what that's supposed to add. Uh, and then I go back to, like I said, like I went to, I have a DC Defenders hat from the second iteration of the XFL. I went to the game. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to go to in person. It was a much, it's like a college-y type atmosphere of like that, like you go and get drunk basically type atmosphere. This doesn't feel like it has that. They're hitting me with a commercial about kids being like, getting in for free and stuff like that. Also, I'm not flying to Birmingham Alabama to go to these games. Like, why are you showing me these commercials? This is like you said, in studio wrestling, it's made exactly for TV and nothing else. Somewhere in this house, I'm pretty sure I know where there is a pennant from every USFL team in the first iteration. I went to New York city in ninth or 10th grade, made a beeline to Madison square garden outside Madison square garden. There was this great sporting goods store. I bought every pennant from every NFL, every USFL team. Right. And I have, I think I have, I know I have trading cards, two sets of trading cards for the two USFL seasons that existed when they existed. I have no interest near that in this, this league. And it's not an age thing. It's, 
It's not good football. It's not based in the respective cities. And if you really want to talk about that first point you raised about a developmental league, the players are going to make more in the developmental league that is the NCAA, thanks to name, image, mm-hmm. and likeness, than they're going to make in this league. So mm-hmm. I, I respect the players that want to hang on and chase a dream. I think it's nice that this exists, but it's not going to exist for long. And it, it's just not. The power of the NFL can do a lot of things. What it can't prop up, what it can't do is prop up less than football in the spring that's not the NFL. Maybe if the NFL had a spring league, it could exist. If the NFL really got behind something that said, this is a new league for teams that didn't, for players that didn't get drafted, it's an eight game short season league that does this. Maybe that could exist in the spring, but I just don't know how these other iterations are going to do it. Yeah, I don't uh, see. I don't think it, I just don't think it would work. I think, and maybe it was the things that the, like, I'm just comparing this to the XFL the XFL 2.0. And for me, what worked about it was like, I guess the cities, but like, I guess the other thing was like the, the gamification of it. Like you could like, I I can't even bet in the state that I live in, but you could bet on certain things. They showed you the spread. They showed you all of this. The other thing that I was thinking about with the players is, there are two guys that I can name in the, the USFL, Shea Patterson and Sharif Miller. And that's it. Like, it, and the only reason why is because I was exposed to them heavily in college. In the XFL, there were some like dudes that were like, oh yeah, I remember him. I can't believe he's not in the NFL type thing. You're not getting that with this, with this league as much. No. And I don't know how much, of that is the XFL holding off some guys, like trying to prevent some guys from signing and keeping them for another year. But I don't think it's that much. I just, I, I don't think there's that many really good quality football players. Once you get beyond 32 NFL teams that people really want to see. And the, the only chance it had is not by making the children under 12 of Birmingham, Alabama, regular football attendees, the chance it had was maybe connecting with communities. And that's just not going to happen with this model. Let me ask you this question. And how old were you when the, the first USFL came around, Steve? If you want to divulge your uh, age. I was probably high schoolish. I don't know. Okay. The math. So I mean, you, was, you weren't like, like little maybe, kid maybe, enamored by everything. It was like you were old enough to grade. make your own conscious yeah. decisions, relatively speaking. And aware of who they who was playing, right? Like Herschel Walker gets there, Steve Young gets there. You know, you know those names from college, right? Okay, so let me. Why did you enjoy that that version of the USFL so much? It was different in that there was a two point conversion, which the NFL didn't have at the time. Um, they tried a little replay before the NFL did. They did the Houston Gamblers um, were doing. Uh, Mouse Davis was the coach. God, it's scary that I still know this crap. Um, and they were doing with, with Jim Kelly, like wide open football, like three or four receivers, some different stuff. So it felt different in some ways. The Philadelphia Stars had all Penn State players, mostly. So there was a connection there because they did regional drafts. Um, but it was a little bit different and not renegade so much, but different enough from the NFL that you were like, hey, why doesn't football do this? Why, why isn't the two-point conversion a thing? Why aren't they more spread out and, and using receivers? I remember clearly having this discussion with our high school football team because we were god awful, under talented. Like, why are we trying to run the ball? Why aren't we doing 
some receivers and some quick hitting stuff. Thanks to what the USFL was doing. So, and they had cool nicknames. It was just, it was just different. Um, it felt, it felt outside the norm a little bit. And maybe that was, now we've seen that enough through my lifetime and other iterations. Like I said, this is the what, third one in three years or fourth one in four years. And there's another one coming next year. At some point you realize the model that works is the NFL's model and they're the ones who are running it. And there's just not a lot of room for something else. Will you be tuning back in? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's other stuff. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch NBA much this year and I didn't watch much NHL and those are both much more worth watching than the USFL. If I'm, if I'm really any kind of sports fan. Yeah. I don't, I'll probably turn it on just this background noise. Maybe if I'm bored, that's I'm fair. I mean, go out of my way to watch Pittsburgh Baller games again. No. And I would have, I would have loved the, these teams. That's, I guess what I didn't know. It took me a little bit to know that they weren't in the home market. So, you know, I was excited for a little bit and then I'm like, Oh, they're not in home markets. I'm not even going to be able to see this stuff if I want to in person. Eh, no, I'm less less interested. Okay, let me ask you I had going, question. You could have talked me into going to Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, that's what I was going to ask. Would you oh, go? yeah, you could have talked me into going to Mahler's game, and it wouldn't have taken much, but right. not in Birmingham. <laughs> hey, kids get in free, though. Don't forget <laughs> yeah, about that. Right. Kids get in free. Under 12, get in free. All right. Um, anything else you want to add about the old Pittsburgh Ballers in the USFL? No, I thought Mike Rozier was going to be better for them, though. Really did. I don't even get that. He know. was a running back for Nebraska. He was the, he was our draft pick. I thought he was going to be better for them. Didn't happen. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, I don't know. Oh, the, the funny thing you did say about rivalries, they are calling next weekend rivalry weekend, be, mainly because Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are playing each other. That's the right. other reason. In, in Birmingham, Alabama, right? Like, I mean, that's the kind of stuff. <laughs> let me, let me ask this real quick. I, I, I meant to look this up. You might know. Are there any teams that are missing? From the original iteration, yeah, yeah, because they had a couple. Okay. I think the first year there were a couple more. I think Oklahoma I guess there, there was like, well, no, the New Jersey Generals, and Boston. Right? I think I forget if I think Boston was the Breakers the first year before New Orleans became them because okay. teams moved. So I think Boston's missing. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I was just curious about that. All right. Uh, moving on, Steve. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that I was a bad podcast co-host with you. And say that I forgot to watch the Paterno thing. So the spotlight is all on you, Steve. You didn't go back and look it? a little bit? No, I, I I ran out of time. Did you read did you follow? Did you follow? I, I have read I've read multiple articles. I feel enough that I've I could get my way around this. So BS so what's me. your impression? Having not watched it, what what's your impression? Having not watched it, I have not missed a single thing and didn't there's a, not a piece of information or a piece of anything that I didn't know in there. The only thing, the only thing that is semi, not even interesting, because I don't think that's the right word here, is to hear what Jerry has to say, I guess. But I don't even really want to hear what he has to say. I, I, I know that there's a very weird faction of people out there that think that he might be innocent. And I, can't even reason with those people. Um, so I don't really, that's where I don't really have anything. Like I, I forgot about it and I was like, ah, oh, that's on. And I was like, man, well, oh, well. And now here we are. Somebody else just text, literally just texted me about this, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I have no desire to watch it. I, I also think like 
we all went through it. I've read every, pretty much every article. Like if you were very aware, I think it might be interesting if you were an outside of Penn state person, maybe. Maybe I'm not sure those people watched it. I think everybody that knew Penn state or is associated with it, tried to pay attention to it. And those that didn't probably didn't let me, before we go to show, I'm curious because I don't know if we've ever talked about this. The night that Paterno was fired, you would have been a junior in high school or a senior in high school. Have I never told in your you fall? story? Yes, Maybe this was we have. my senior year. Okay, so let, we, me tell, let me tell the story real quick. Yeah, go ahead. That was a Wednesday night. I will never forget it uh, because we had a game, uh, a hockey game at Greenberg Ice Pavilion. We were playing State High that night. The game was at, um, I want to say, 8.30-ish, right? And I mean, it was like eight. We'll, we'll say it was eight. We get out of the game at like 10 30, I think. Yeah, 10.30. And I said, my mom, let's go downtown. And she was like, nah, let's get going. Like, it's late. So we, we, we stopped to talk with somebody from state. So the state high and Altoona hockey programs are very tied together because a lot of the people play either at one rink or the other for the most part, I think probably still to this day. Like I know Danny Moscone plays or who like runs the hockey program in state college now used to play in Altoona and vice versa. And so it's 1030. We are driving back to Altoona. We are on the section of 99 right after you come around the corner by the Phillipsburg exit to go up towards Phillipsburg. And there's a, there's a bridge there and the, the road you can see pretty far, both left and right. And it is now like close to 11 at this point. I think maybe I'm off an hour on, on all of this. And see one, one cop car with its lights on headed towards state college. And then kind of about five seconds later, we see eight cop cars in a flying V formation headed towards state college lights on. And my mom and I kind of like looked at each other and we're like, what the hell is going on? And as we, I kid you not, as we passed, like as the cop cars were going passing us basically on the other side of the road, that's when I got the ESPN notification that Joe had gotten fired. And then I stayed up that whole night, pretty much. I, that was like one of the few school nights that I ever remember staying up till like 3 a.m. just watching the news. No, I had never heard. That's good. That's good. Well, so at our house, Wednesday night, obviously, I don't remember what night it was, but I, it was so Danny's in college. If you're a senior, Danny's in college in Pittsburgh. So not as much of a reference problem for her, at least initially. And we're home watching stuff with Sam. And, you know, they may, we see the announcement on TV because it was live, must've been live on the local station somehow, because they all picked up on it. I remember it being live, at least I think it was live, who knows. And I vividly remember like shock and surprise. And Sam's first process of information was, football team's gonna suck when I'm there, huh? This is awful, right? And she's not wrong, right? Like it's, you know, and I'm both proud of myself. As, as someone who's the same age of Sam, I can't confirm that the, the first two years were not great. Right, and so, yeah, like it, it hits everybody. So I think that's why everybody here locally watched it. I watched it and they, they used a piece. I don't remember if the, the, you remember the Coach K and Paterno thing that happened. At, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was the College of Communications had a small piece, well, a decently sizable piece in making that happen, right? So it was neat that there was an excerpt of that included. And the, one of the questions they used was one of our alums and our friend when they showed 
one of the kids asking the questions that was neat to see her 10 years, you know, way back when, you know, a decade earlier. Um, there was no new ground trod in it. I think the three, three, I think the two worst looks in it where they had, I don't know where they found this Penn State student who's a junior. I, presently? I can't even, presently. Okay. I can't speculate. Now, she might have been a junior when they did the interview in the fall because they were here in the fall. I can't speculate what her major would be, but clearly not communications related or whatever else. Like she was so anti football and Penn state. And I can't imagine, I don't even want to talk about that topic. He's just, that's horrible. That thing happened. I can never imagine it coming from back. And I, that subject just, I don't know, just, there was no, that was just weird that they found a kid that that was adamant. So I would love to know how they found someone so stringent that way. Um, but I think the worst look, the two worst looks, than that were coach franklin um that was one know, of the text messages i just received yeah just the, the media scrum was just what you're saying. so okay so set that up because it was it was it a one-on-one -on -one interview or was no it, it was the, it was a wednesday night media scrum i think rutgers week last last season oh okay so this was the one and a lot of people called espn out when this happened like on it, twitter like why the hell are they asking this yeah, because that's when they could get access, right? Like that's when the guy was in town. And yes, I juxtaposed against the regular season timeline. If I'm there, I'm probably thinking that too. But at the same time, if I'm ESPN, they, they've not granted us a one-on-one -on -one interview. They're clearly not going to grant us a one-on-one -on -one interview. So he asked about Paterno's legacy there. We get, Franklin gets the, you know, it's Rutgers week, blah, 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 blah. The reporter comes back with, you know, all due respect, you have answered some questions that aren't about Rutgers already this evening. I'm just curious, would you? It was not argumentative. It was not disrespectful. And then you get to the point where the coach just ignored, you know, I've talked about it and I'm, we're not going to talk about it. And there's just a silence where he's ignoring the guy while he's talking. And then Chris Peterson jumps in and says, you know, he's had what he had to say. If you want to request an interview with us, we'll see if we'll, if we'll have it basically or whatever. I mean, it was cautionary. And then they never granted the interview. It's just a bad look because any day from the first week when James Franklin took the job to today, someone could ask that question. It could always be mm -hmm. asked. And, and I think you always have to be prepared for something along those lines and mm -hmm. ignoring it and silence and then not granting an interview. Not to have to grant an interview, but it just, it just looked, it did not look good. Um, and then Franklin I think has, let me, let me just add this. In my opinion, because I was here when Bill, you know, we, you, I feel like I paid a lot more attention, the most attention to Penn State football in my lifetime, the first two seasons that I was a student, which were the two seasons after the scandal and Bill O'Brien's first two seasons. O'Brien would always not dance because he wouldn't dance because it was Bill O'Brien, but he would always tiptoe on the, the subject. Like he would acknowledge it, but kind of I'm here now. Let's focus on not me, but let's focus on the present. We all understand the history and why we're here. Yes. I think was one. And yes. I think that's a fine line. Yes. Right. And, and, and I, think I feel like Franklin, Franklin they're probably gonna say the same thing. Right. And he, he but, but he just, nah, no, we're not going to talk about that. Like, and look, I, I think for me, like I, I have, I understand it's, it's not a, none of this issue is a 
I mean, other than what actually happened is certainly, but none of this issue is a black or white issue. It's a very gray issue. And there are a lot of feelings and emotions with it. But at the same time, like you're saying, like have a canned answer prepared for that question. Cause you're going to get those questions. If James Franklin is still here in five years, he's going to get that question. Cause that will be 15 years after the scandal. If he's going to be here for another five, 10 years, have an answer for that question then like it's just going to come up it's a part of penn state football's history whether we like it or not yeah and i th- i think for me through a media lens that's what was just made it a bad look right here's here's a coach in a program who talk about we prepare for every eventuality right in the off season mm-hmm. we plan for what bowls we could go to we figure out what hotels we're going to stay in we scout the hotels we know that famously like there was no plan not there could be for the michigan state rain out you know a couple of years ago and the super long delay and but otherwise we planned game times we planned stretches we do this okay this is the biggest shadow not shadow. This is the biggest issue that could possibly come up at any time. Have something ready. Be able to acknowledge it. And I think that you don't will probably hurt, will probably not in, in, engender him to, to some, some people who are still big Coach Paterno fans, right, who want to say, hey, yeah. you, can't, can't, you can't have your program without having his program. You just can't. Um, so there's got to be a way to get through that. And, and, I, and yes, the media knows that when they ask the questions too. I just thought that was of all the stuff, 10 years later, you should be ready, ready for that. And, and it was disappointing. Especially that this weren't. year, especially, well, especially last, last year. year when it was the 10th it, anniversary, like you had the, it was just, and you know, what was surprising to me is like, in my head, I thought the 10th anniversary of all of that stuff, anniversary feels like a weird word to say for a situation, but the 10th, whatever for, for it, I thought it was going to be a bigger deal and it kind of sort of wasn't like this has kind of been the biggest thing. And now we're in April, you know, that's yeah, I thought this was ago. coming in the fall, like, cause bar was here in the summer and whatever else. I thought this was coming in the fall and it just didn't. So I don't know whether they got into other stuff and it may be that this doesn't resonate anywhere beyond here. Realistically. I don't think anybody nationally is talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that was the only other person that looked, they had Howard Bryant in a couple segments. Um, Bob Costas, who made sense, right? Because he was tough early on and has since peeled it back a little bit and, and it's, you know, always portrays himself as thoughtful and whatever else. But Howard Bryant, there, there's no gray in Howard Bryant's world either, which is interesting. Like there's just none. Everybody's to blame. Everybody's wrong. And it's a, it's a scar on everything Penn State. And, and I haven't listened to enough of his stuff, but typically or watched enough. I, typically, I thought he was more thoughtful than that and that there was opportunity in gray areas and i think 10 years later there's probably more gray than there was before and for him to come off that way so staunch sounded different from almost everybody on the show but otherwise start to finish it was a rehash no new super stuff and i think generally fair the people who don't think it's fair are just angry because they weren't talked to i don't think you can talk to everybody and i don't know that i'd talk to some of those people either so yeah what was the because i feel like this was kind of sort of the first time that jerry sandusky has spoken about all of this what was that part like the most interesting thing was the you know i don't know what what they didn't use most interesting thing they used was i think Barr asked him well you know coach paterno wasn't actually implicated with your stuff but you know he's been kind of wasn't proven guilty or found charged or anything but he's been kind of implicated because of what happened to you 
And it was, yeah, I'm sorry about that. But realistically, how was the, how was the phrase? Realistically, you know, if I get exonerated, then he'll be exonerated. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, God bless you. Like, you don't get to pull him in closer with you yeah, and then say, if I get exonerated, you get exonerated. But there are people who believe that this whole thing makes strange breadfellows. I mean, in 2003, I vividly remember being in a news conference in the stadium when Matt Millen came to town to visit with Paul Suey, who was then on the board of trustees. And they were there in part to talk to Joe about, hey, things have sucked. Maybe we need to think about moving on, finding a nice way to help him depart, you know, and try to help mediate that. And now Matt was prominently in this, and even then, 10 years ago, because it changed in just a couple of years, in that corner, he's my guy. So it's it, there are so many nuances and relationships yeah. that have to have to be get along to, you know, just strange bedfellows, like stuff you have to believe for it to. To, to really make logical sense that we'll never know. Nobody was ever in that room with the four guys who were the main, you know, people behind it, or at least that we see beyond Jerry. And we'll never, we'll just never know. Um, but because of that uncertainty, I do think ESPN didn't, did an okay job for what they didn't know. And, and the people who were upset are just people who weren't involved in it. Again, I don't know that I'd involve them either. So. Yeah, I don't know. I just, no desire to watch it. Like I, like I said, like I, it's, it's funny i didn't i didn't think so either but i kind of got because i had more paternal than you right and he's at the age jay's my age right uh -huh. so joe joe's older than my father but in that area you know we deified this dude right like we did it's our fault right that we but i kind of yeah. got the feels at points again early on i'm like oh wow this guy's gone and he didn't get to go on his own terms and i do believe he was, he attempted at most points to be more than a football coach. I do believe he wanted guys to go to class. I do believe, mm -hmm. I know he gave the community. I know, you know, he expected more. So there, there was a little bit of feels at those moments where I'm like, shit, this really ended not in the way that it could have ended for this guy. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a shame. It's funny you say that. Cause I've been thinking about that. I, I just have been, I have been thinking about the coach K Paterno thing so much this year specifically and like the way the coach K era is ending at Duke and how like that could have been the way the era ended at Penn state. Like who knows? I'm sure this all would have come out and everything. And I, but at the same time, like, I, I don't know. I just, but I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about like the differences, the way the coach K era is ending and, because I think with Duke, it's a little bit different because they're basically a private university. They're not, not the Penn State. It's like a semi-private university. I don't, like, I think Duke could exist without basketball. I don't know if Penn State could exist to what it is now without football. And a lot of that's because of Joe. And like, it's, I think that gets into this whole, this whole gray area argument of, well, then you've got the library, you've got all of these, lives that were changed positively and yes like obviously the, the terrible stuff happened too and so i i think that's why like for me like i get annoyed when the people that you're talking about that weren't interviewed that want to be a part of this like that's why i get annoyed with them because like you have to approach it from that at least in my opinion you have to approach it that it's at least gray you or or or, or 
if you want to approach it black and white, just allow like an ounce of greatness in there. Not that like anything did or didn't happen. It's just you, that to me is, is the way I've always kind of like looked at this whole situation. Um, and I think they did a decent job with that last night. I mean, I'm a little, well, probably a lot less invested in some people, right? Just because the journalism took it out of me, like the the not rooting. But I still, like I said, I, there were still moments when I got the feels about, you had, wow. You, well, you're, you're, I mean, your formative journalism years were very important Penn State football years too, type thing. Oh, yeah. You, you know, so I guess it is different for you. But for me, I think the uh, this is how I remember Joe Paterno. Like, I don't, because my, uh, my life pretty much sucked of Penn State football until really that the Orange Bowl season and then the Rose Bowl seasons. Right. Or that was it, you know, really two years. Um, I have a question. This is a weird question. Did they, this is really weird. And I know you're going to be like, why the hell are you asking this? Did they touch on Ray Greekar at all? No, uh, I didn't see that. I don't. I, okay. I, don't so. I was just curious if they did. Like, I know he kind of can get brought up in. <laughs> yeah. Cause there was like this. an earlier, there was like an earlier phase that, right? So yeah, yeah. I was just curious about that. Cause I've, no, they that's didn't something throw always stuff. been interesting to me. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and they didn't throw in the stuff last week from the story that, that ESPN Online did, right, with that guy either, which I'm not sure – I'm sure isn't part of it, and I have less – even less – I believe I, that Paterno was even less guilty in that than he is in this one. I and, read and I that story. I think he's that guilty in this one. I read that story, and it it seems like it was just like this bad dude happened to be on the football team at Penn State, and then I agree. these other things happened. But, and I think – I think that was what Dave Jones's article was, was about column was about like, this was, we covered this, like we've already talked about this. You just don't remember that we talked about it. Right. I agree. I agree. All right. Moving on. Current football. Current football. Uh, What a segue. So Steve, it's blue white weekend. Um, Let's approach it from the fan perspective. And then we'll talk about the football perspective just briefly, because I don't have a lot to say about that. From the fan perspective, Steve, do you how many blue white games do you think you've been to? <laughs> actually, actually inside the stadium. I think you could I could count out of my 50 some 53 years old. I have been in that stadium for a blue white game seven times, maybe. Wow. Really? Yeah, is that high or low in your that's, that's low? That's very low. That's, that's oh, yeah. extremely I just, low. Sorry. I mean, I took the girls in a couple seasons. Um, Did, I had to cover many? one probably as a student. It's not more than 10. Wow, that's very surprising. How many blue-white weekends did you tailgate for? Well, we've been at every blue-white weekend since we moved back to State College okay. in 1999. So that's almost 20 That's 20 years. 21 of them, right? What is this? 20, 22. So 22 of them. Okay. We did girls' uh, birthdays at Blue White for like four years in a row. Like, because the girls are born, their birthdays are just, I mean, they're not just before, but like we put off the party to Blue White because we knew we were going to tailgate. So um, we took the girls and there's just nothing that happens. Except, I mean, they just, I don't know. I don't know. You've been in twice as many as that? Or no, you couldn't have been twice as many as that. I've probably been to about 15. Okay. In, inside. I'll go in this weekend. Will you? So do you... I may go see the next hot 
sliced bread super quarterback number 15 just to see if he's super okay and see a couple dropbacks but and i'm not sticking around for that whole show there's no way no okay. no no <laughs> i think i'll go in and i usually go in for i, I see my usual time oh i'm gonna go in for like a half and then i get stuck just sucked into the whole thing what scares me off honestly i was more i was more inclined to go five or ten years ago before the whole circus and carnival and other that stuff happened like I'm less inclined to walk that gauntlet to get to it's the stadium. Back, Steve. I, don't I know, know it's saw. back. I, I did it's not miss it. It's the boardwalk this time. I did <laughs> not miss it. God bless them for making every little dime they possibly can. My, 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 the thing that I laughed about the boardwalk is like, Pennsylvania's a landlocked state. There's, Stop no it. there's no boardwalk in Pennsylvania. It doesn't matter. You're not a market. It's also guy. April. Who wants to go to any boardwalk at this point? Stop the dissing their idea. You're it's April. They're marketers. Come on. I work in marketing too, Steve. Okay. Not sports um, marketing. We're not as smart as them because they come up with stuff like this, God forbid. And people are silly, like, oh my gosh, I've never seen a ride like that before. Let's do it at the football game as opposed to like the fireman's carnival. I mean, stop it. Like, it's just crazy. It's like beer at a minor league baseball game. The first minor league baseball game of the season when they start selling beer, people buy beer like they haven't had a drink in six months because they can buy a beer. Like, it's just crazy. And they'll, they'll, they'll do that at, the, at this boardwalk, fan fest, whatever it's called on Saturday too. This is the best bit we've had in a long time. Steve, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you a beer on Saturday directly from that boardwalk just so that I can. Or, they're or selling. Wait, get, get they're not selling beer at the boardwalk or whatever, are they? They can't. I don't know. Who knows? It's it's Penn State. They probably won't allow liquor 500 miles in that radius. No, this um, is the place. I test out my coolers for college kids, right? Like the little things. Here he goes. Here he goes again. Let me ask you this: Do you? I read an interesting article the other day. I think it was, um, her first name is Nicole. She works for The Athletic. I'm forgetting her last name. Was it Auerbach? Yeah, Nicole Auerbach. I don't know why I forgot her last name. Um, she proposed that instead of playing an inter-squad game, intra-squad game, um, that Power 5 schools start calling out, so to speak, other FCS schools and play them uh, on their spring game. That way everybody gets real chances, real opportunities, real whatever. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's interesting. I don't think coaches would touch it with a 10 foot pole though, right? Like, I, you know, coaches want healthy kids. They want to play show and tell. This is a marketing event for Penn state, right? I, I who knows what's going to happen inside the stadium, but there's going to be some other crazy thing, right? Maybe I guess they've done the scholarship for the kid. If he catches the pass or whatever it was a couple of years ago, but they'll have something else that they think is cute and different and gets fans excited because whoever the Rudy is on the team gets some attention and. Cole Chippielli. Cole Chippielli had the greatest blue white game ever. There you go. Um, no, the, 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 they're not going to play real stuff. They're just not, they're not, they're not in the business of getting anybody hurt or doing anything stupid in this that, that they don't have to. It's about building hope and a connection with the fans. And that's why you won't see competitive stuff, really, truly competitive stuff more than they have to. Okay. I'm, I'm on board with it. I like the idea of it, I, but I didn't think about the actual logistics of that most coaches would just say no. Um, I will probably go into the game. I'm excited to see the defensive stuff from what I can glean from it. And of course, Drew Alar, he better be impressive. Um, 
Yeah, no pressure I, at all. I, I want my money back. He may have the in. biggest pressure of him on any kid in a blue white game in a while, right? Like probably since Paul Jones. I mean, he's got to go out there and light the world on fire. Yeah, he's got to have like he's got to be fifty for fifty and at least four touchdowns. What would keep me in this? What would get me in the stadium and keep me in the stadium is if they announced the players or when they were done when they were leaving. This is this is Tom Smith, the wide receiver, and he's got a fifteen thousand dollar nil deal with these three places. Like I think if they told me that shit while it was happening, I might be more interested. Did you see what UCF did? I did not. I did not. So they didn't. They didn't go into that far extreme. But they instead of putting numbers, you would have loved this. They put QR codes on the back of their jerseys. And then you could scan them <laughs> and then you get to go to like their profile of like their Twitter, Instagram and all everything else. And I thought that was clever, but my <laughs> God, could you imagine watching Penn state on blue white Saturday and it be like, Oh, there's QR code. <laughs> what if they did that? I wanted to be, si- I want to be sitting next to that couple from York when that happened. Right. Like what's on the uniforms. <laughs> I mean, I just, I could see on the scoreboard, right? Do that, man, it would be, your phone would have to have really good to be able to see the uniform, right? I don't know how it would work. I didn't, I I need to, we have relatives that are UCF season ticket holders. So I need to text them and ask how that worked out. I mean, I I'm, I'm off. I think getting the guy's Twitter handles out there. I think that kind of stuff is, I want to know, like there was a story, was it in the athletic today? Or what, someplace I read about like $2 million is the going rate for like, incoming five-star quarterbacks okay so tell me what you what the quarterback's getting yeah, somebody tell I, me someone's got it i think i think that's what the on three gang is trying to do um but I someone hope it, has I hope to know. right i mean that's why and, and, and related to that i mean that's why sean clifford stayed right like he's oh, got 100%. more he's got more guaranteed money this way plus a piece of everybody else's action now with his own company than he would if he went to an nfl camp so and i'm glad bless him for being that smart but that's that's the reason for staying, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's. I mean, we talked about that. I, I said that that's the reason I think he's staying is. Yeah. So. Um. Okay. So defensive line, or defense in defense and, in general, and, and that's about it. Okay. That's all we're, that's all we're there for. Um. Probably gonna get a chicken basket. That's the main reason. And, and I think that's a great. Right. It's off season. I haven't had chicken basket. Good for them. I mean, I, I think that's great, and I think it is wonderful for fans and families who don't have tickets or just in general want to get in for free and experience it. I think that's great. I think that's what you need to do. Give them access to your product. And I mean, I know they're not sold out of tickets yet because I keep getting emails about, Hey, we still want you back. So they must have tickets available still. So maybe somebody will get there, have a great experience and buy some tickets too. Good for them. All right. This week's okay. And guy, we'll keep it quick. Steve, I had a steak today for lunch. Perks of working from home. I love it. It's great. Lunch, um, it's great. And I cooked it up in my grandfather's cast iron skillet uh, that's probably close to 80 years old now. Uh, let me ask you this. What's the best method for cooking a steak? A grill. A grill. Now, let me follow up question. We do not have the tr- traditional grill anymore. We do not have the grill great grill. We have a Blackstone. Do you consider that to be a grill or is that a griddle? Like, I mean, technically it is a griddle, but like. I, I Technically it's a grill, like, but I, for steak purposes, I consider stuff that has grates a grill. Okay. Otherwise so like, it's like a flat like iron. Lines, you want the lines on the steak that are charred up. Um, yeah. And I'm not smart enough to do it with charcoal. Like I'm not patient enough. 
because like you got to get at them and get done. And so it's probably gas more often. Too than much that. math involved. I feel like there. Yeah. It's just too much patience. I'm not that patient. Oh, they're, they're hot enough. Go on that. Yeah. And then we come out half an hour later and the coals are really good. And you're like, oh, I should have been cooking something on that, but I've already eaten. So. Yeah. Um, now let me, let me ask the follow up question. How do you like your steak cooked? Uh, medium. Medium. Hmm. Interesting. Steve. Interesting. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're writing something down. I can't see. No. <laughs> Why? I'm, just, there, I'm is... just asking. I just was curious. Well, aren't there like three choices? So what's what's no, what? you've got medium or rare, medium rare, medium, medium well, and well. I love my mom. Don't don't get me wrong, but my mom knows how to make a mean well done steak to the point of if you would like some beef jerky, I can I can get you some pretty quickly um in the oven. Um I'm I'm usually on the medium rare side. Sometimes we dabble in the rare, uh, but I feel a little creeped out by that. I'm weird about sushi. Like if I have sushi, you can't talk about the fact that it's raw fish. Kind of sort of the same way as steak. Cause then I'm like, oh, this is raw. I'm not supposed to eat this raw. Even though you are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I grew up with well done steaks that were well done. Um, and it's only probably been about the past 10 years or so. That I've gotten better at cooking. I mean, it's it's medium, medium well. Susan might be more medium, medium rare, in there type deal. And are you are you one of these people? Uh, the other, the biggest thing that I've started to do with my steaks is I set them out for about ten minutes before I'm about to cook it. Let it kind of get to room temperature, salt, pepper, and then I let it rest for about three minutes afterwards. Or do you? Or are you just? It's off the grill right into your mouth. If it's if it's like thick enough, I'm not not Fred Flintstone thick, but like a decently thick steak. It's Montreal steak from room temperature, five minutes on one side, five minutes on the other, five minutes to rest. Steve's kind of all right. All right. Steve's so, kind of system. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all I wanted. I was just curious to think about that today. Uh, anything else you want to discuss this week on the old podcast? No, looking forward to blue white. I think it'll be yeah. fun. It'd be nice. I'm just excited to get. Be nice. I haven't been to State College since Christmas time. I think before Christmas time. Oh, that's the other thing. I think you're not alone that way, right? I mean, there's going to be a lot of people back. The weather looks decent. That's the fun part about it, right? It's just just getting back and seeing people and getting into it. And that's that's kind of why I just haven't gone in the stadium and where we typically tailgate. Like it's a long walk to the stadium, and I'm not that invested, so I just hang out and see people. We'll discuss that offline, Steve. If I'll be trudging that way hopefully we won't be in our normal spot which is pretty much the farthest spot that i can get from you so maybe I'll. we may not be where we're going either so we'll see okay um well otherwise have a good blue white weekend hope to see you there if you if you uh see one of us say hello um we've got an email it's uh at stuff or i'm sorry no it's stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com um my Twitter handle is at stuff summer says yours is at Steve Samsel. Um, five stars, thumbs up wherever you listen to your podcast. We really do appreciate those. Those help uh, kind of get us up there. And uh, I will not upload this episode well after the fact this week. I will remember to do it on time this week. As long as I get you the link, baby. As long as Steve sends me the link. It was a it was technical. team game. That was my fault. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. No, it's like it was like, oh, it's Thursday, and the Masters were last week. So, um, but yeah. Anyways, hope to uh, see you this weekend. Excited for some ice cream. Think about ice cream. See ya. Bye.